Welcome to What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the relationship you truly want. And now, here's your host, licensed psychotherapist, Rhoda Mills Summer. Misery in your relationship? Ten ways to fix it. Welcome to episode 54. Misery can so easily build in any relationship. Each of you might have bad luck in your job or you are exhausted by the needs of an infant. Misery zaps your energy to think and it's easy to indulge your sad, sorrowful feelings. The two of you as a couple can fall to the bottom of your priority list so easily. I was with a couple that inspired this episode. They were both in a bad place at the same time in their own individual lives. It's terribly hard on a relationship when both people are suffering. The misery usually spills over into bickering and fighting with each other because we don't kick the neighbor's dog. We kick each other. People break up and people divorce because they lose respect for each other. So I am offering 10 suggestions to help you get back on track when both of you are struggling at the same time. Be aware that this is an ordinary situation. It is bad luck for both of you that it's at the same time, but you can dig your way out together. Number one, stop dodging and deal. Resentful, angry silence is not helpful. Attacking and blame are also not helpful. Try to reach out and share what you are hurt about or what your fears may be. What are all those negative emotions swirling around inside of you? Try to identify them so that you can talk about them. If you can't identify them, then share that you're confused. Try to be authentic instead of guarded and defensive. Don't dump the boiling oil from the castle walls. Lower the drawbridge and try sharing. If you need help finding the right words for your emotions, there are two pages that make up the feeling word vocabulary list on the emotions page of my website, therapyideas.net. Go through the list and pick out five or six words that fit how you feel, then make sentences out of them. Just to clarify, let me give you an example. If you have lost your job and in the process lost respect for yourself, share that with your partner. Talk about your money worries and needing to set up a budget instead of silently feeling resentful because your partner doesn't seem to get it. No matter how much misery you are in, it's important to recognize that you are both wired differently. The differences can easily create greater distance from each other. The elegance of being a couple begins when you recognize the differences. My husband loves crossing the street when the light says it's okay. That makes me nuts. 
I recognize he needs it to be that way. And he recognizes that if nothing is coming, it's okay to do it my way too. There is an opportunity to create greater understanding if you are curious enough to respect the differences instead of spit on them. Remember, there is a real bonus to respect because it doesn't require you to like the differences. You don't have to like it. You just have to respect it. Number three, be brave enough to talk and talk and talk with each other. It's the only thing you can do to soften the hard edges of arguing. Accept that many irreconcilable differences may not get solved, but the differences may need to learn to sit quietly next to each other. This is very hard to do, and it's exactly what needs to happen. The differences need to sit quietly next to each other. I just read that on the House Appropriation Committee, there is a Democrat and a Republican woman each, and together they may stop the possibility of the government, another government shutdown. They respect each other. They give each other gifts. They talk to each other. It's a wonderful example of differences sitting quietly next to each other. Sprinkle in a dash of faith that the process of talking and sharing can evolve into a fragile bridge over the Grand Canyon of distance that the two of you have created. Even knowing this can be true doesn't make it easier. We all avoid talking because being vulnerable is hard work. You have to create an us again in your shared misery. The bridge you can build is a beginning to seeing each other more accurately. It's easy to miss out on accurate perspectives of who the other person really is when filtered through the lens of misery or silent resentments. Misery so easily increases from a layering of unspoken resentments built up over time. And as I have said many times, a stacked up pile of resentments kills off relationships. You might try finishing this sentence as many times as you can. I am resentful blank. Each of the sentences you create can be a topic for a new conversation. You want to unbury the hidden landmines. I don't recommend you do them all at once. Thinking about an us, it's not just you or me, is really, really important work. And the more a couple can shift into an us point of view, the better off you both will be. That's one of the skills a couple's therapist brings to the table. We are taking care of the us in your relationship. Number five, you both have to decide to try instead of giving up. Trying is a lot of work. And it's hard to know where to start. 
I would suggest the beginning of trying is honesty and not being mean about it. Trying might require a lot of tears. And just remember that tears simply mean something is important. Something matters. If you both would try at the same time, it's better than taking turns because one person will always be too discouraged, which will tug the other person back down into the muck. Number six, be open and ask each other for feedback on the one thing the other person needs to change to be more hopeful about the relationship. When people are miserable, they tend to find comfort in ways that are not helpful. So imagine one person is drinking too much and one person is addicted to their cell phone. It would benefit both people to follow their partner's advice. Please drink less. Please use your phone less. My husband and I have an agreement. There are no cell phones in restaurants at all, particularly tablecloth restaurants. My, my husband tried to get away with it the other day because it was a red tablecloth and it wasn't a white tablecloth. Ha, ha, ha. Number seven, then take action on your partner's honest feedback and do something about it because it will benefit you whether you part ways or stay together. This won't be easy to do, but it will be totally worth it because you will be a person of greater character and substance. What do you have to lose to become a better person? That's the purpose of love. Whether you can live together over the decades or not, every relationship has the potential to help you to become a better person. Our culture gets so wrapped up in addictions, whether it's shopping or too much booze. It's a way to hide from hard truth and self-awareness. Nobody enjoys dealing with their dark side. The truth is, the more you do, the more honest and authentic you will be, and the more your life improves. I guarantee it. Number eight. If you do allow the other person to influence you to change and develop more character, then it is evidence that you respect the truth that they have shared. The ultimate test of respect is whether or not your partner can influence you. This could be a really important beginning to start healing because it is a first step towards restoring respect. And that is the bedrock of repairing relationships. Number nine, confide. Try to share the feelings, hidden wants, or secret wishes, which were discussed in the previous episode, 53, on fighting, the interview with Dan Weil. I'm going to repeat just one example from that episode to just help you think about how to be a little more elegant. I've been thinking about my former boyfriend, so it must mean that I'm feeling taken for granted. There's better ways to say that, but the idea is that you're being open and honest and acknowledging something that is important to you. There is certainly an elegance to being self-revealing, 
And it's really powerful if you can be self-aware enough to recognize this deeper kind of truth. It is especially meaningful because it is deeply honest combined with being self-revealing. So there is no attack, no avoiding. It's a rock-solid moment that can change the entire dance that the two of you may be stuck in. Number 10. Remember that most relationship problems are all about the conversations we don't have. You have to dig down, stop avoiding or attacking, and try to find ways to talk about hard things. We all have too many conversations with our partners in our head. And then we decide we know the outcome without a conversation in real life. Everybody does this because in our head, it is a whole lot easier than stepping into the messiness of real life and risking the uncertainty of not knowing what might happen. We stay in our own head because we adore the certainty of our assumptions about what will happen. Henry Winkler, the Fonz in Happy Days, has a great quote about this. Assumptions are the termites of relationships. So find your courage to be authentic and be part of building a relationship that can withstand a Viking attack of misery. Yes, I watch the Vikings on the History Channel. My challenge for you today is to finish these 15 sentences for yourself and ask your partner to do the same. You can find them on the podcast page for this episode in the show notes at therapyideas.net. Think of these as kindling to get the slow-to-start fire of conversation going. Then both of you try to share one or two of them with each other. It's really hard on me when you blank because I feel blank. Two, I wish we were better at blank. Three, I am scared because blank. Four, I am sick of compromising for you about blank. Five, I am really struggling with blank. Six, I haven't told you but I blank. Seven, what might help me a little bit sounds silly and it's hard for me to ask, but I'd like blank. Eight, I'm ashamed of myself because blank. Nine, what's missing in our sex life is blank. Ten, the hardest part of my job right now or the hardest part of being unemployed right now is blank. 11. I'm tired of blank. 12. The tricky thing for me in dealing with your family is blank. 13. I get too easily annoyed about blank. 14. 
it's hard for you, me to be real about blank. 15. I don't want you to feel sorry for me, so I didn't tell you blank. When I stumbled a minute ago on 14, I was thinking of number 16. I just popped up into my head. I need to apologize to you about blank. That's a little bonus. I know a lot of you have been telling people about my show, what healthy couples know that you don't, and I really appreciate it. Now you can let people know it's an app. You can download on an iPhone under Relationship Advice and on Android under Healthy Couples. Glad you were here listening today. Hope it proves helpful. Thank you for listening to What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and help get the word out. To learn more or connect with Rhoda, visit therapyideas.net.